Hi, I'm Kaylee. And I'm David. A few months ago, I put out a tweet with a picture of the Beatles saying, I don't know who these men are. And I replied saying, No, of course you do. Everyone knows who the Beatles are. But actually, I don't know who the Beatles are. So now, we're trying to ask all the awkward questions about things you probably should know about, but don't. I'm teaching David all about TikTok, YouTube drama, and anything post-2017. And I'm teaching Kaylee about historical figures, bands from before she was born, and basically anything pre-1998. That's actually the year I was born. And that's actually disgusting. (laughs) Join Join us us on on the the hunt hunt for for the the Beatles. Beatles. Hi, David. Hi, Kaylee. <laughs> Before we begin, let's do our daily check-ins. Um, what is the best thing that's happened to you today or your favourite part of the day today? Uh, my favourite part of the day today has been I helped my partner put together an IKEA desk um, nice, last, nice. last night. And today is her first day of working at the desk. So what I've basically done all day is uh, so I work in our lounge and she works in uh, our bedroom and I've really enjoyed mm. all day just opening the door to the bedroom and going oh she fancy she's got a desk oh she's fancy schmancy she sits at a desk and like she went to the bathroom at one point and I went and sat in the chair when she came out I was like look at me I work at a desk and she's just she literally turned around and she was like David, you sit at a desk all day. And I was like, I'm a professional. I work at a desk. Where did she work before you got the desk? On the bed. She would sit on the bed and do her work. Which, in fairness, see, we have like a table. I'm sat at our our kitchen table where we will sit and eat our formal meals. But she preferred to sit on the bed. She liked the kind of like spread outness of being able to work on the bed. But she's now kind of changed her mind. And so... We've got her a desk. I do often, when I'm doing like MA stuff, will like either sit on the bed or sit on the sofa because sometimes just sitting at a table all the time is just so like horrible. I hate it sometimes. What is your best slash favourite thing that happened today? Today, I took my dog for a walk and I saw um, like a really old family friend that I hadn't seen in ages. And it was really nice. Obviously, we kept our distance and everything. Um, but she was just like coming out of work and I walked past and we had like a really nice chat and it was really good to see her. And she was saying how she's going to throw a big party when it's all over. Um, and we were just chatting. And it was really nice because I haven't I haven't seen her. When did the last time I saw her? I think it was like the Queen's birthday or something. Um, okay. Like one of the big milestones ones, like she threw a party. I feel so like we that's... all went. April is when the Queen's birthday yeah, is? Yeah, but it wasn't but this she's April. she's got two birthdays, it was... hasn't she? Yeah, it wasn't this April. It was um, uh, it would have been a, f- a few years ago, I think. Was yeah, like the yeah, last yeah. time I properly, properly saw her, um, and that was the first time I ever got blackout drunk. So amazing! I'm sure the Queen would have appreciated that on her birthday. Yeah, she was like, "Kaylee, you go for it, girl!" Like, obviously, come on, shots all round. She gave you her royal queen. permission. Can to queen you, her. for um, those that don't know? Uh, tell us about your dog. I feel like that is something that people will want to know <laughs> about that don't know. Um, Molly is a West Highland Terrier, but I don't think she's a pedigree, even though they said she was a pedigree. 
um because when we cut her she has like this really really light brown stripe all the way down her back um that's like you can't you can't notice when she's got long hair but when it's like shaved down a little bit you can see it really really clearly um she's got a broken tail we don't know how she Mm. broke her tail she's always had a broken tail um she's it's like obviously fine but she sits on like a little slant which is quite cool um and she hates walks and I take her for walks and she absolutely despises me for it and when she comes in she'll like try and like nip at my ankles as if to tell me off Taking her out incredible i love that i also like it feels like some sort of strange poem about like when you when you get to the the hair of your when you get to the, the roots <laughs> the roots of your dog's hair you question the roots of the dog <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna go in the direction of like there's a puzzle and i was like I, in my head i was thinking of that national treasure film with um, Oh my god, what's his name? Nicholas Cage. What's that man's name? Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, maybe like you you shave it down and then there's like a small puzzle that you have to find to find the next dog. <laughs> to find the national treasure dog. The national tre- yeah, oh my god. That film, I saw that film when I was quite young and um I thought it was the greatest film I'd ever seen. Amazing. I was like, yeah, that's amazing. And then I watched more films. Um, and I can't really remember anything that happens. This is something to digress just a second. Yeah. Um. I I never retain memory from films. Mm. I once sat down to watch it too, and it probably been maybe a few weeks since I watched the first it. Yeah. And I couldn't remember a single character, at all. Not including the clown, Penny Pennywise. I remembered the clown. Penny, yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember the clown. Obviously, like she's a star. Um. But <laughs> I couldn't remember anyone else. And I kept being like, who's that person? Who's that person? Who's that person? And the person I was watching it with was getting really mad. And then they turned it off because he was so mad that, <laughs> that I didn't Because you'd forgotten the entire anything. plot to the first one. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. I remembered the plot. I just didn't remember, like, who anyone was. Mm-hmm. I remembered the one girl that they had, but then, like, nothing else. Nothing else remembered, like, head empty when it comes to everything else. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, David... I understand that you have bought something today to talk to me about. I absolutely have. Okay, before I get into it, Kaylee. Okay. I want you to picture picture this scene. <laughs> You're in New York, Kaylee. Okay. Yes, You're in I'm New in New York. York. You are, this works, because you are an artist. You work in the arts, um, mm-hmm. in the theatre. Um, yes. And you meet, you meet a person. I'm going to, I'm going to de-gender the the original character just for my example <laughs> you meet a person you meet a cool arts person uh on right, a night yeah. out on a night out okay. and you, you get chatting away and they seem really interesting um and really cool you get on where i feel like cool. i don't know why i keep saying cool in relation to artists artists aren't cool most of the time <laughs> um, and they say do you want to come back i'm having a there's a party at mine i'm having a few people over do you want to come back? Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah. This person seems yeah, of course, fun, safe, safe yeah. enough to just go back to meet this person's friends. You get back. Oh, I feel like there's a twist in this story. You get yeah. back, and um, the person that has invited you back offers you um, a tab of something that you've never seen before. A tab, okay. You take it. You pro- actually. You proceed to have an experience. That conceptually, you have never imagined before. So this is 
Right. A drug that you have been given uh-huh. that you currently, you cannot, you've never even heard of the experience that this drug can give you. <laughs> okay. Now, whilst you're on this incredible new high, behind a mirror... Oh, no. ...is a scientist... Oh, what? ...working for the Central Intelligence Agency, working <laughs> for the CIA, that has given okay. this man these new experimental drugs to test out on you, an unwilling person, in an attempt to understand whether these drugs have mind control powers. <gasps> Welcome to MK Ultra. Oh, I thought MK Ultra was a person. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I when you mentioned it to me and was like, do you know anything about this? I was like, no, but I'm sure it's like a rapper or something. <laughs> Actually, that's it's not the the maddest connection. MK is a MK is a DJ. Or they might oh, be a DJ okay. group. They do Seventeen. <gasps> yes, I yeah, love that song. That yeah. song, and they also do another one. They do two really like famous solos, um, act songs. So yeah, that's not okay. the that's not the craziest link. So okay, <laughs> in order to get into MK Ultra, we need to do right. a little bit of context. Um, okay, I'm really I've been thinking ever since I thought about MK Ultra as my topic and sort of thinking about the context in which to place it. I've been really intrigued to ask you the following question because I really don't know what answer you're going to give and that excites oh, me no. and scares <laughs> okay. me. Okay. Right, yeah. Yes. What was the Cold War? <laughs> um, the Cold War was the war... No, that was the Civil War. The Cold War... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying. Yeah. It was America. V. No. Um, <laughs> I'm really struggling. It's obviously not. It obviously wasn't cold. Like it was like. <laughs> it's like cold in content, but not cold in place. Yeah, 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 definitely. Was Russia involved at some point? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So those two usually go hand in hand, anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. And they um, they, they had an argument in the street. They absolutely did. I don't street. know anything else about <laughs> <laughs> Okay, amazing. So, really, really simply, at the end of World War II, uh, the Americans, uh, mm-hmm. having previously teamed up with the Russians to beat the Germans, uh, the Americans and the Russians became incredibly skeptical and nervous about each other the russians were angry that the americans took so long in getting involved yeah uh, and the americans were scared of communism and communist leaders potentially um popping up in other countries and and communism Mm -hmm. kind of taking over the world i've actually been reading the communist manifesto yeah so i know about communism how have you found it? I've actually found it much easier to read than other academic writings. Yeah. And then maybe that's because I watched like a few YouTube videos before, of like intro to communism and Marxist communist manifesto, blah, blah, blah. So like yeah, yeah. I already knew um, like about the different words that he's using and the language that he's using. Uh, but I have found it like interesting to read. Um, yeah. But I will admit um, that I only learned how to spell bourgeoisie probably three days ago. 
That's all right. It took um, me incredibly a long time to learn to pronounce bourgeoisie, so I wouldn't worry yeah, about Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll always be like, bourgeois. Bourgeoisie? <laughs> the bourgeois. <laughs> we must bring death to the bourgeois. <laughs> the bourgeois? <laughs> Amazing. So, Sorry yes. to bring you off no, Let's go. That's all right. That is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. So, um, the US were essentially scared of communism taking over. So that is how the Cold War started. Now, the CIA, oh, okay. the CIA, mm-hmm. which is the Central Intelligence Agency. Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard of the CIA. happened with the CIA, <laughs> super. CIA, yeah. Um, they started a project called Project Bluebird. Okay. Because they thought that at, at the end of World War II, they thought that the Russians had managed to perfect mind control. <laughs> okay. So, naturally. Yeah, naturally, um there was there were a couple of weird things basically where people who clearly thought one thing um then in quite public ways were switching those allegiances quite aggressively and doing it in quite a weird way and so the CIA with absolutely no evidence decided that it was of course because the Russians had perfected mind control. Yeah. And so the CIA were like well, we need to perfect mind control in yeah, that case. We need to work out how to do it. Yeah. So they set up Project Bluebird. Project Bluebird, basically, the simplest way <laughs> to sum up Project Bluebird is that they had camps in Germany, so army bases in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, where they had um, prisoners of war, so mm-hmm. Nazi prisoners of war, that they would do experiments on. Um, and these experiments were whether to see whether they could control their minds or not but they don't really get anywhere the CIA don't really get anywhere they experiment with um giving people different drugs mm-hmm. um so they tried out giving people cocaine um but that didn't get anywhere in terms of any kind of truth they were all just like com- partying they were just absolutely buzzed <laughs> they were talking there was a lot of talking but talking absolute shite probably yeah absolutely of course <laughs> um so the CIA were like we need to get someone in from the outside um, mm-hmm. We need to get in a chemist, but we also need to get someone that has no issue with the absolute ethical and moral <laughs> conundrums that they were like, we people... need someone who's just like just lost it, absolutely lost it, got nothing up. else going for them, um, and we'll just do this. I'm guessing they were paid also, so probably someone who doesn't have any, have any money just to be like, ah. Do you come oh, in? No, you... no. Okay, so you're, you're slightly off there. They get in uh, someone that's graduated from California Institute of Tech. Um, oh. Has a PhD. PhD in like biochemistry. Is an incredibly intelligent man. Um, and his name is Sidney Gottlieb. So Sidney Gottlieb. 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 Yeah. Uh, I thought you said Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to make fun Sydney, of that man's name. Sydney Doc Leaves. <laughs> um, so they basically want someone that's not part of the CIA to head up the project. And in comes Sydney Gottlieb. So Sydney Gottlieb was Jewish and he was getting to a stage in his life where he was starting to question his faith. And he was starting to think that the kind of answers to the universe and everything was going to be found somewhere else other than faith. The CIA took this as like, oh, brilliant. You've got no moral compass. No ethics whatsoever. You don't hold yourself <laughs> beholden to a god or a higher power. Um, mm-hmm. 
And you know what? He he did not. <laughs> he did not. He was like, you absolutely. are right, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. So immediately, um, he takes control. Um, and the guy okay. that's overseeing the project um, is the deputy, uh, deputy headmaster of the CIA. So they are getting loads and loads of funding. Um, and at this stage, they are still experimenting on prisoners of war um Mm -hmm. so on people so like you know that's already ethically questionable yeah Yeah, Uh, but this is very much like the gateway into the ethically questionable practices (laughs) of (laughs) of mk ultra the guy um that's the deputy head is a guy called alan dulles he absolutely loves this shit he (laughs) is he's all over it and then he gets promoted from deputy headmaster to full headmaster of the cia in 1953 and with his promotion he gives Sidney Gottlieb what basically is nowadays equivalent of three million dollars to expand the project every time you call him the headmaster of the CIA I'm imagining like everyone in the CIA with like um their colors you know like the different colored ties (laughs) they do sports day (laughs) and blue team wins every single time it's so annoying uh yeah carry on (laughs) <laughs> Incredible. So yeah, he gets given the modern day equivalent of three million dollars to expand the project. Now, while I was researching this, the the kind of two at this point, the two things that really picked up from the research is this is literally around the time. So in Switzerland, just after World War Two, basically LSD was invented. Mm-hmm. So LSD, broadly speaking, conceptually, like you and I have an understanding of what an LSD trip is. Yeah. People are being given a drug that they have no understanding, like never before in their conscience has what this drug can do to them, like ever been like literally part of their life or thought process. So they're being given something and they have this, you know, incredible trip. Like to me, the idea of being given something that I now cannot conceive of. Yeah. It's like, but it's like absolutely given, mad. It's like forced upon me. Is like the most insane, ridiculous thing ever. The other thing, <laughs> it's just I'm just going to give you this sentence that okay. I read. As the experimentation progressed, a point arrived where outsiders were drugged with no explanation whatsoever, and surprise acid trips became something of an occupational hazard ah. among CIA <laughs> operatives. So they were just they were just giving it to anyone. Like in, in the office, they in just... the office, you be in the office, suddenly the room is rainbows and you are tripping absolute balls. <laughs> They're just like, I'm And you've got no, like, you've never to... ever taken L. Yeah, you've never taken LSD before. No idea what this does to you. You're, you know, trying to sort your filing, you know, and you are tripping balls. I don't, I... <laughs> They're like, I just really, I need to get this done today. I've got to get home by five. My wife is cooking. Like, I've got to get home. And then they're like, yeah. what the hell is this, like, chair doing in the air? Like, who who's making this flow? Like, what's going on? But the thing is, like, also, it's the CIA, right? So, like, they know about aliens. So I'm thinking that they'd be like, oh, these, this is aliens now are coming and, like, getting this. Yeah, yeah, And the same with it, like, they'd probably have, like, quite a good trip, but I imagine, like, the prisoners of war, because they're so scared 
are having like an awful awful trip when they give get given lsd like without knowing about it yeah yeah totally totally and like they were they were all they gave a guy lsd 47 days in a row like they just you forget who you are yeah there was no like moral ethical compass whatsoever and then as the project expands sydney gottlieb is like okay everyone kind of involved at the moment sort of knows about the drug we now need to test this out on people that don't know (laughs) you know so they set up (laughs) you know like um, I I watch a lot of Jackass in my day. I don't I don't know why it's like a comfort thing that I watch. And I like love Jackass. they'll go around sometimes with like that razor, and then they'll just like shave the back of people's heads. I imagine it's kind yeah. of like that. Like you're always like you walk in and you're like, guys, please don't give me LSD today. Like I'm so tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've Absolutely. got like a really big meeting tomorrow morning. I need to sleep. Please don't give me LSD today, please. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So they set up a safe house in New York and Sidney Gottlieb headed up the project, but the safe house itself was run by a guy called George White. George White would lure people to the safe house. The safe house was kitted out with CCTV gear, like what they had in, yeah. in, the, in the time. Did they have CCTV One way mirrors. They had cameras. They had like basic, they had basic like cameras that they could record stuff Yeah, on. yeah, but they wouldn't have been able to like watch in real time unless they had the one-sided mirror. I don't know about the whether they could watch it in real time or not. Fast. Um but yeah, they had one sided mirrors, they had the rooms mic'd up, and he would he posed as a starving artist convincing people to come back, party, right? And these completely unsuspecting civilian people were being spiked with LSD by the American government just... in order to perfect brain mind control. <laughs> Right? And you just think, like, you think that this is all, there is literally no element of this part, and I've really specifically stuck with there are aspects of the project and people have lots of conspiracy theories about it. Everything I'm doing going with today is, like, the actual actual declassified, factual evidence. And you see how with little nuggets of truth about, well, you know, the Americans for a time were spiking their own citizens with LSD in order to study it from mind control. You can see how the most batshit conspiracies can come from get that. really, really easily believed because you can hide a little nugget of truth in amongst that kind of wider you know, like some people say like MKUltra is still going and now they're using it to like try and summon it's always the devil pedo pedo worship, you know. Yeah. People love the devil and pedos in conspiracies. <laughs> I also love the fact that like this person's posing as a starv starving artist, but their like number one goal is to go and party. Like eat something. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I'd I feel like I'd be like, No, I'm not gonna come to your house, but do you want me to buy you some food? Like you're you you've just said you're a starving <laughs> artist. Like, I'll get you something to eat, but no, I don't wanna come to your house and get spiked with LSD. Obviously you don't know that at the moment, but like So that was yeah broadly that that was kind of how they operated for a little bit mm-hmm. um, and then and then things get then things get a bit spicier um oh. the cia organize they have little retreats they have little work retreats um and how many people um, got spiked with lsd on this work retreat <laughs> <laughs> well oh no um, 
he because he's technically like an outsider to the CIA, he's heard about how great these retreats are, but he's you know, he's never been on one. Yeah. So he goes with all the CIA staff and the CIA staff are like people that are working on the project but at all levels. Mm. So some of them won't know kind of you know, they'll be like really basic just doing like general like chemical research, um, all kinds of different levels. Um so they go and they have this retreat and they're all sat down at dinner and everyone involved, bar like the two heads, Sydney um and Mr. White, start tripping balls because he has spiked them all. Now, this is really, really important in the process because a guy is involved that is there is a guy called Frank Olsen. Frank Olsen, everyone, unsurprisingly, is fuming that they've been spiked on the work do away. Yeah. Frank Olsen is even more angry about it. Absolutely. To the point where he basically goes home and tells his wife that he's now thinking of quitting. He's now thinking of leaving his job because of how ridiculous the situation is. Yeah, naturally. Two weeks two weeks later, Frank Olsen is falling from the 10th floor of a New York hotel. Oh, no. He has fallen out of a window. Frank. And he hits the ground and dies. Uh, this that's very very serious but I, imagine if he hit the ground and just exploded into a million lsd tabs <laughs> it was like he was the lsd all along <laughs> he was the friendship we found along the way <laughs> the true thing was the lsd we were tripped on the whole way <laughs> so because of this because of this, there is a small investigation into the death of Frank Olsen at the time, but broadly speaking, it's kind of completely ignored. Yeah. It's seen as a very weird thing, but it's treated as a suicide. They say that he was basically a little bit, um, he was depressed, um, uh, yeah. and so he basically decided to kill himself. And there is a lot of conspiracy about what happened to Frank. Um, none of it has evidently kind of been proven, though there is some interesting evidence, but I'm not going to touch on any of that here. Um, I'm just going to kind of leave that there for the time being. But because of this, they basically say to Sydney, Sydney, you can't operate in New York anymore. So they moved the project to San Francisco. And in San Francisco, they set up Operation Midnight Climax. And this is where it gets even more exciting. Midnight, did you Operation, say the words Midnight Climax? Midnight Climax, yes. <laughs> There's a very good reason. There's a very good reason why Operation Midnight Climax was given his name. Sydney Gottlieb was getting nowhere, unsurprisingly, yeah. finding a drug that, <laughs> that could control people. So he was like, okay, what happens if we try LSD and sex? <sighs> so the US government set up a safe house in a brothel. Oh. In fact, no, I think they, the, the safe, they set up the safe house to be a brothel. Um, they found uh, a group of sex workers that would work with them. Yeah. And they would basically give the sex workers uh, money for each person that they brought back. They would have sex with them, uh, then give them LSD, sometimes um, willingly. So sometimes they would say, do you want to want, do you want to take some drugs? And sometimes they would just spike them. Is this um, after me- or before they engaged in sexual... I don't know. I'm imagining... After, but I would because imagine if you've before. never taken LSD, if you've never taken LSD before, if you then try and 
shag, I imagine that's going to be the weirdest experience. Well, <laughs> like, but that's you... what I'm thinking is like their their point is like we mix it. Like, yeah, you can have sex and then take LSD, but like, surely they want to know what happens to you during that. Like, fair. I mean, they probably had. They probably did it. They probably did it all sorts. Anyway, yeah, yeah. They were just any like any time that we can pop an LSD tab in this person's mouth. They're like just yeah. throwing it like a basketball hoop. They're just like please, like, yeah, yeah, perfect. What I, what I love about this part of it is I think there's something um, you could make a really interesting, like kind of like not fake feminist, but <laughs> um, like you could make a really mainstream hit film where it's <laughs> with like the, the just like the concept of a team of sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> Working with CIA scientists, like sex, LSD, and mind control. And like, you know, you've got like all these like cool women that are you know, owning their sexuality. Um, and you kind of ignore the fact that, you know, they're yeah, spiking in some... Get unconsensual. Well, spiking is never consensual, but getting spiked after. <laughs> each, each of the women got, as also along with being paid to bring back you know, people men, and spike yeah. them. With they were on team. commission for the yeah, men. Absolutely. Um, they also got a get out of uh, free jail pass. Oh, so basically, if they were stopped, yeah. if they were stopped by the police, the CIA would just sign it off. Um, oh, imagine that. Sorry, basically, just thinking of like the benefits of that. All the, yeah, all the oh, criminal absolutely. activity I get up to. <laughs> all the get out of jail free cards that I need. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where. What I love about this is is it gets so incredibly stupid. Oh, nice. Like, it already is ridiculous and stupid, right? So, White, uh, he was, so he was obviously the guy in charge of the safe houses as opposed to the overall project. He, the only piece of furniture that in, like, the study side of the one-way mirror that they had was a toilet. So he would basically sit on this toilet sipping martinis and making notes of these people having sex with sex workers and then tripping on LSD. And it's like, it sounds incredibly rock and roll. (laughs) But it also sounds like the fucking most ridiculous absurd... That doesn't sound rock and roll to me. I don't. I don't think of someone sitting on a toilet sipping a martini and immediately think that person's got their life together. <laughs> very, very true. This is okay. This is a thing that absolutely I was howling at this. Oh, like, right. When okay. I was when I was researching. So what Sydney Gottlieb noticed? Um, <laughs> what what a, a man with a PhD. Yeah. Uh, being paid by the CIA lots and lots of money to do a very important and ridiculous experiment noticed that men were more likely to reveal information about themselves if the sex workers talked to them after sex <laughs> right <laughs> tell me something I, I don't know like, what is this, this is a man this is a man being charged with in theory, in theory, he is defending the safety of the United States of America 
working on a mind control project going, oh, what a revelation. When a woman talks they to talk. a guy, when a woman shows an interest in a man after they've had sex, they he back. says things that he might not. Like, oh, he finds that. It's like, wow. And you're just like, you oh. It's just <laughs> He's never spoken to a single oh. person after he's had sex, ever. As soon as they finish, he's out that door faster than he got in the door. He's just like, no, I will never, ever, ever talk to anyone. And so, <laughs> And he just thinks that's how everyone else does it. He's just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course but also just like the gendered, the gendered element of a guy not realising that a woman showing vague interest in them after having sex is likely to like, that's likely to form a strong relationship for the man and the man to be like, oh, I'm going to tell you I'm things I wouldn't tell other people. About me. <laughs> yeah. So, also, unsurprisingly... Sydney, you know, wasn't always on business. And he basically, when he went to visit the project, took loads and loads of advantage of the fact that there was shitloads of drugs and sex workers on hand okay, yeah. um, for him to, to have fun with. Then, then, after nine years of working on the project, he started to have doubts about whether it was actually working. <laughs> nine years... Of well, spiking he had people with it took him nine years of spiking people with LSD to be like, oh, this is a fuck. I'm not managed to control anyone's minds yet. Well, he had that revelation halfway through that people talk after sex, and that gave him his second win to carry on for the next four years. Obviously, <laughs> but just like how how I can't imagine how like to make it kind of vaguely serious. I can't imagine how set on an idea you have to be that it takes you nine years of evidence to the contrary for you to go shit maybe this doesn't work <laughs> i think no i think there's there's such a big thing of like and not wanting to kill your babies that you i reckon you, he probably got i think six years in and started having doubts but was like i can't quit this now i've got to carry on and then at nine years was like right i'm sick of this now it's obviously not working um yeah. And he probably enjoyed having all the LSD and the sex workers around to be like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. Why would I say anything when I've got like the perfect life sitting on a toilet drinking a martini? <laughs> so to kind of start rounding it up, uh a new director general, a new headmaster comes in, he's like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> Cuts funding, doesn't cease funding, but he basically tries to stop a lot of the more unethical practices of the project. Um from going ahead then so in 1966 so 13 years after mk ultra started 15 years after gottlieb is involved in the whole process they close the safe houses so they're no longer drugging innocent people yeah. <laughs> innocent random citizens and then in 1972 nearly 20 no 21 years because he started in 1951 21 years sydney gottlieb retires disillusioned with the fact that he hasn't managed to perfect the mind control process. Now, he did other stuff at the CIA, but his kind of, his major failing was that he could never perfect the LSD drugging mind control that he so sought out to, to And like, to when did the Cold War end? So, wow, I mean, that's a, a huge question. Oh. In theory, the Cold War ends when the fall of the Berlin Wall happens, in theory, and the USSR dismantles itself and becomes the Russia that we kind of vaguely know today. 
So, like, did this carry on after it ended? Or the, I, I'm just trying to get it figured out in my head. Like, So, in terms of the project or the Cold War itself? The project. The project, no. So, the project stops before the Cold War ends. Okay. They are still running all sorts of mad shit. Yeah, like, not projects, sure. But MK Ultra itself closes in 1972 and then in 1974 so bearing in mind none of this is public knowledge this is all yeah, still yeah. at this stage 1972 this is all completely classified um in 1974 a journalist um publishes a story basically hinting at the practices of the project mm. he is then contacted by frank olsen's family to say, oh, you think you know about this? Well, well let here's, me tell here's you. the big juicy gossip about it. Absolutely. He then kind of, that, that develops. Um, there's a couple of investigations into the death of Frank Olsen, um, but nothing nothing kind of ever gets looked into really properly. Uh, Congress look into it, but they find that all of the files, all of the research has been destroyed by the CIA. Everyone that they interview at CIA is, basically doesn't give any evidence and they're like oh we don't really know we can't remember um, we, was, we were all yeah. on LSD how can we remember what we were saying and then in a separate uh, investigation Sydney is interviewed he gives a confession to everything and in exchange for his confession he is granted immunity and Sydney Gottlieb basically dies of old age in 1999 ah I was one me and Sydney could have met you could have we could have and that is now. There's loads of offshoots and current conspiracies about how it never really closed down; it merely changed. But that is kind of very basic, broad history of the MK Ultra project. Okay. So, let would you now like to summarise that? <laughs> let me relate this to you. Um, the Cold War happened. It was between Russia and America. Um, because they were friends during World War Two, and now they're not friends anymore. Um, and the CIA are like, well, Russia... Some some people were, like, changing their opinions or something because, obviously, the CIA haven't heard of self-growth, CIA. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the issue was more people that didn't like communism now suddenly really aggressively like oh. communism. <laughs> well, either it's way. It's not like... It's not like, guys, I never really thought about avocados, but now I think they're banging. <laughs> well... Opinions change, CIA, but obviously they they're like obviously the Russians are controlling people, um naturally. Um, I talked a little bit about how I read the Communist Manifesto, and then we moved on. Um, there was a guy called Sidney Dockley. <laughs> what Dockleib, his... yeah, Sidney. Dot Sidney Gottlieb. Dotlieb. I G O G O T T L I E B. Gottlieb. Oh, Dotlieb. I've. I, the only way I remembered was Dockleaf. Um, Dockleaf. I love Dockleaf. So Dockleaf was like, uh, let's do something. And then the, ha- the deputy headmaster of the CIA said something, but then he became the headmaster in one sports day. And then um, Sydney was like, let's start drugging people. And they started drugging people who were prisoners of war from World War Two, And then um, they were like, oh, we need to take this to the streets. Um, and so he was like, I'm going to starve. My- no, I'm going to pose as a starving artist and not ask people for food and then invite them to my house. I'm just going to invite them to my house because it's what the fifties people still like leave their doors open at night. Do you know what I mean? That's how so many murders Literally, happened. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. 
so everyone's going and they're like woo let's take some drugs together uh, and then the lights turn on and you see the person behind the screen and oh my god like I'm is this a trip or 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 is this person really looking at me sitting on a toilet drinking a martini why isn't a shirt on what's happening okay never mind I'll leave then and then they were like oh you can't do it so then midnight climax midnight climax happened um and like all these sex workers were like, yeah, we're we're girl bosses. Um, come join our pyramid scheme, which is at the brothel. <laughs> <laughs> our CIA banked pyramid scheme. <laughs> um, they're like, <laughs> come to, come to the brothel. Uh, we'll give you LSD after having sex with you. And then the men start opening up. And obviously, this is what the fifties. So men aren't allowed to open up yet. We still got the patriarchy. Absolutely. So um straight away sydney dockleaf is like leave out like i i know that you're not talking about your feelings right now bro like what are you doing um ah oh, frank dies at some point that man called frank oh my god the retreat they went on... <laughs> i forgot about the retreat oh they went on a skiing trip together um <laughs> took loads of lsd um and then after nine years, the guy was like, "This, I don't think this is working, so they shut it down. But did they really shut it down? And that is MK Ultra 17. Absolutely. Now we're going to move on to um, a new game that we're trying out this week. It is called Two Truths and a Line. So, as you know, this podcast basically came about because Kaylee doesn't know who the Beatles are which got us thinking about the fact that the Beatles have some very uh, interesting, innovative, strange, quirky song lyrics. Uh, So Two Truths and a Line works quite simply. Uh, I will be giving Kaylee um, three separate song lyrics. Kaylee has to tell me which one is a song lyric that I've made up and which two are actual Beatles lyrics. And then Kaylee will do the same but for some uh, another the... indistinct artist that I will choose TikTok, on the week, TikTok rapper, <laughs> um, someone that does YouTube diss tracks. Yes, um, absolutely. Excellent. Right, are you ready, Kaylee, for <clears throat> two truths and a line? Absolutely. Let's go. Perfect. I'm not going to sing these. I'm just going to read them. Oh, we was. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to sing mine either, because then you'd know which one was the perfect. line. That's a that's a very good point. That's a very, very good point. Okay, song lyric number one. Then there's this Welsh rarebit wearing some brown underpants about the shortage of grain in Hertfordshire. Oh, I hope that's a lie. That's song, sorry, song lyric number one. Okay. Song lyric number two. I'm settling down, thinking about candles and quavers. <laughs> oh, the years went by. And things didn't get better. I think that's definitely a Beatles song because it sounds like something an old person would say. Sorry at the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, song lyric number three. Nothing is real and nothing to get hung about. Strawberry fields forever. I think... Would you like to hear any of them again? Shall I do another quick run through of them? Yeah, do another quick run through of them. That gives you a bit more time to think about it. So song lyric number one. Then there's this Welsh rarebit wearing some brown underpants Mm. about the shortage of grain in Hertfordshire. Okay. Song lyric number two. I am settling down, thinking about candles and quavers. Oh, the years went by and things didn't get better. 
Okay. And finally, nothing is real and nothing to get hung about. Strawberry fields forever. I think... I think that you wouldn't think of the first one on your own because that makes me uncomfortable, so I imagine it would make you uncomfortable too. Um, I think it's the second one, and I'm going to lock... I know that I said that that's like... But I think you're trying to intentionally like throw me off of the second one, so I think it's the second one. You are correct. <gasps> I thought... You've absolutely nailed the first ever round of Two Truths and a Line. Okay. I, to be honest, I thought the fact that I'm, I've, I have no idea, but I'm fairly confident that Quavers didn't exist in the 60s <laughs> would be the obvious clue. Oh, I thought clue. you meant like, um, no, I thought of it as like music Quavers. You know, the notes. Oh, okay. So I immediately thought of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that makes way, way more sense. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to do Two Truths and a Line from the okay. wonderful Tana Mojo. Uh, Tana has a lovely um, music career. So uh, these are some of um, Tana Mojo's lyrics. So okay. option number one. All these bitches out here trying to be a playmate, but I want to be Hugh Hefner. I want to throw bands on these hoes. That's okay, option yeah. number that one. That sounds like a legitimate song lyric. I can believe that. Um, song lyric number two is, uh, I'm sorry, but I promise that I hate you. I hate me more than you do. Post another fucking lie on YouTube. Pick that shit apart and tell me who's who. Okay, that one also sounds specifically because they've referenced YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and like a real one. The next one is, if money's what you want, I got it all and more. Stop talking about me you whore i think it's the third one because that's the loosest of like i think the first couple there is somewhat of like a loose understandable creativity going on (laughs) i can kind of get the theme vibe the third one very much feels like someone trying to write a rap song i mean i don't think tana mojo's got loads of experience in writing rap songs no um anyway but (laughs) yeah it sounds like someone in if Tanamojo is someone impersonating someone writing a rap song, then I think you are impersonating someone impersonating a rap song. Absolutely, and you are correct. I, I, but the problem was, <laughs> um, is that I only wrote one line and then realised that you were doing f- a few lines and I didn't have the few lines that I needed. So I had to make that up yeah. on the spot, really. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and I would recommend the song uh, Hefner by Tanamojo. It's a bop. It's a true bot. I will listen to it as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening this week. Uh, if you'd like to find me on socials, I'm Kaylee X Hunt on Twitter and Instagram. And David, I don't know. Uh, You're Dusty ninety five on Twitter I'm, and Instagram. <laughs> I am, I thank you. you. I've been reliably informed that uh, my <laughs> handles are Dusty ninety five. That's spelt like oust the spray, but with a D on the front. Ousty ninety five. Please enjoy my terrible content. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week for more knowledge. For the hunt for more knowledge. <laughs> Bye.